0: From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter.
1: How do you scale a sales team? That is what we're talking about specifically. How do you recruit and and train and attract and develop and build a sales team? That is the theme today. But uh, the principles here go far beyond anything just related to sales. They go to anything of any level of leadership. Right. This this would apply to recruiting any organization for a nonprofit or for a corporate business or for a small business or parenting or you know leading a small group or organizing any sort of volunteer committee we're talking about leadership right now specifically the context is developing building and scaling a sales organization because I have one of my business partners Dustin back on the show he's been here a couple times but it's been a while and uh, I've never gotten a chance to to interview him publicly about these philosophies and this is important that you listen because uh, this our team is is growing and scaling because of lots of of reasons. Um, but one of the reasons is because of the leadership of Dustin and our other senior partners and you know all of our leaders at Southwestern Consulting. And, and these principles are powerful and they are universal. So regardless of what role you play in the world, if you are leading or wanting to lead or to recruit or build any organization or any group of people to do anything, this is a powerful lesson for you. And uh, what I'm going to do at the end is I'm going to boil it down to my three biggest takeaways from Dustin to sort of universalize it for everybody. But this is a powerful, powerful episode. I know you're going to love it. We'll get started after this new special message.
0: This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, Go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash Action Catalyst.
1: You know, if you listen to the show, you hear me talk about Dustin a lot. And obviously just a a few... Uh, months ago, or a few weeks ago, we had AJ on the show. And, uh, you know, when when Southwestern Consulting started, we were kids. We were literally in our early 20s. And uh, as, a, as a team of partners uh, that we, we now have a, a really about, you know, around 150 total people that make everything happen. And um, Dustin and I have been friends ever since college and obviously co-founded the company together. He's the author of Navigate 2.0. Uh, He is now the head of our coaching division, which is our flagship offering and the the signature offering of Southwestern Consulting and the all-time sales record holder out of 155 years, um, more than 155 years with the Southwestern Company, where he made over $100,000 in one summer. And so we haven't talked to Dustin in a while. I wanted to bring him back because of some of the stuff he's been working on, and I feel like you need to know about it, and I think it's going to apply to you. So, Dustin, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I think you, you know. I don't know what happened, but it was. It kind of dawned on me in one of our our meetings here recently. When um, you know, a lot of times people say you're never a prophet in your own land, and and I was, I was just, you know, as we were just talking and doing business, I was like, man, you have done an amazing job. I mean, you've you've really done an incredible job with the work of you know, helping us scale and helping us grow. And I think a lot of the people who listen have that vision or they have that dream of scaling their business or scaling a team or scaling, you know, it could be a church or scaling whatever. But, um, and I think these principles will apply, um, but you know, you've you've become like this master at scaling a sales team. So what does that mean? Like, can you just because we use that phrase a lot, but when you hear that phrase "scale a sales team, what what do you what does that mean really?
2: Yeah, uh, when it comes to building a a team of any sorts with a, a sales team or a sports team or just a, as you're putting together your own life and and business and put, assembling a team, at some point, you have your personal performance where it reaches a limit. And, you know, with Southwestern, my my first year, I finished number one in the first year category and then ended up, as you said, breaking the company record. And I found out pretty quickly that that's fun and it's great to get the recognition, but it's a lonely place uh, when you're a solo practitioner and you're out there performing and doing it all on your own. And it it's way more fun to do it with a group of people. So I think it, it's pretty simple. Is when you're scaling, you you need to find ways to duplicate the best practices and the things that you have gone out and proven to work again and again and again, and duplicate it in others. And and that is what scales is is the proven systems that work over and over again.
1: Hmm. I like that word. uh duplicatable. Duplicatable. We throw that around in southwestern a lot and uh, I don't think it's actually even a a dictionary definition a word. So, um what is that? Expand on that a little bit. So when when you say to 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 be able to duplicate, like what do you what do you look for? How do you go about going and saying, "Oh, h- how do you make yourself duplicatable?" Let's just ask that.
2: Sure. So really, it's three steps. The, The first one is that you first need to figure out what is the need that is out in the world that you are passionate about helping to be better or to fix or to enhance or improve. And once you tap into your calling, and you really feel that you have clarity on what you were put on earth to do, That's the first thing that you need to figure out. And here at Southwestern Consulting, you know, is a good example of we have a common mission to help elevate sales. And we have different businesses that have different functions and different methodologies of things that we're passionate about doing. And we have a speaking business and you're one of the best keynote speakers in the world. We have an amazing global consulting firm that has clients such as Verizon and DirecTV and Bridgestone and... Then we have a coaching business, as you mentioned earlier, and um, everybody has different passions and they see the need that's out in the world and they have to figure out what is their passion? What do they want to do? And, and that's where you start is figuring out what's the need that's out there, not just your passion. And people can be excited about all kinds of things and have hobbies and things that they're excited about, but really what does the world need? And we at Southwestern Consulting have found that through, through speaking, consulting, and coaching, that those are areas that help people elevate their business and their sales and reach their goals in life. So you have to start with that. Then the second thing is you have to do it yourself. You can't teach what you don't know, and you cannot lead where you will not go. So you actually have to get out there and do the work. You have to get your hand in the dirt. You have to get shoulder to shoulder with the, the customers. And, and you need to figure out the problems. And you have to perfect it. You need to become the best at whatever it is that you're attempting to build and scale. And without that, it, it doesn't work. Uh, I remember playing football in high school. And I remember this coach would always give me the most interesting feedback on what I needed to do in the game, and it was not—it uh, was against the instincts that my football instincts were telling me to do. And it occurred to me after he had been my coach for several years. I asked him uh, when I was a senior. I said, "Hey, coach, uh, you know, did did you ever actually play football?" And he kind of got embarrassed and changed the subject. And I asked one of my other coaches, "Hey, did this certain coach actually play football?" And and the answer was no. And 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 it and it made me all of a sudden realize, oh, he doesn't actually know how to help me because he hasn't done it. And so it's really hard to be a leader. It's really hard to scale a sales team at a certain point where if you're not willing to get out there, do it yourself, become the best, and really fall in love with the daily grind, you need to find something where you can actually get passionate about the hardest part of the job. And until you fall in love with the hardest components of your job, you're not going to be able to scale beyond that because you're going to empathize with people when they have the same pain. And, and every single business, every single job out there has components of it that aren't fun, that are difficult, that you have to get through, and and you need to experience it and go through it yourself and find ways to embrace it Um and then from there, step number three would be to create proven systems. So you need to actually reverse engineer what is working out in the field into a process and create scripts. You need to benchmark the achievements and the milestones that you've personally gone out and proven that work and you reverse engineer it to create scale to say, hey, this is what's possible. You have to show the team and show the world what's possible through your own personal efforts. And then it's much easier to recruit people to follow you once there is a track to run on. But to count on other people to create the track for you is difficult, if not impossible. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I love that part about find something that you can be where you can be passionate about the hardest part of the of of the job. And I think that's, you know, everybody wants to find the easy way they want to find the shortcut, the escalator, if you will. They're they're not willing to do that. So so I think you've kind of touched on this. So when you think about like the mistakes and obviously a lot of our coaching clients, for those of you that don't know, our core business is coaching Uh, And, you know, we kind of traditionally do sales coaching, but we also now have hundreds of leaders that we're coaching and many of them are trying to recruit and scale their teams when, you know, with its, whether it's with clients or even with our own teams internally, what are some of the mistakes that you see, Dustin, that you go, oh man, this, this is somebody that's, that's trying to do this and it's not going to work. It's
2: going the wrong way. Yeah, great question. And it's interesting, you know, as you were saying, we've had over 8,000 coaching clients go through our one-on-one coaching program so far, and we currently have over a 100 coaches all across the world. And this is the number one mistake that I, f- I find people make when it comes to just even their own personal life, especially if they have aspirations of becoming a leader and building a business and, and scaling. And, and the number one mistake people make is their ego people's egos get in their way and they stumble across it and they don't even see it. It's a blind spot. And it has to be focused on principles, not personality. And when you really think about people and, um, the, if you think of every leader you can think of that, that didn't make it think of every coach who really didn't help people break through, they were focused on themselves in one way or another. And to lose your cool card, to stop thinking about yourself, to really focus on what's right and not think about or even care about who is right. And, and, you know it's a, it's a lot of leadership sayings that are out there that everybody knows which is you know the team will do half of what you do right and twice of what you do wrong and the leader is the one that praises other people for the success and takes the responsibility for the failures and and when you have a, a ego that's driving you it's really hard to do those things and you've got to slay the dragon and you got to just not let that be the mistake that hinders the company from growing and um, number two, the big, the second biggest mistake we find with our clients, um, and uh, and we see this time and time again, is the outsourcing of recruit, recruitment and management. People think that recruiting and managing people directly is something that can be outsourced, and we have big co- clients um, in the consulting business that I've personally worked with where they were outsourcing what we feel is the most important piece of the business. And, and, they, and that's recruiting and leading your people. And they would hire people who haven't, haven't actually. Done the job to come in there and and um, try to uh, teach people something they've never personally done before. So um, outsourcing leadership is a huge mistake. You should um, create a scale where people have benchmarks to lead from within and 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 become a leader from the ground up. And also teach your team how to recruit because nobody's going to care about the. T- caliber of the talent as much as you are. And a lot of my personal executive level coaching clients, this is one of our action items is is very rarely does a CEO actually get in the trenches and personally recruit new team members. And that's an assignment I give pretty much every single person that I, I work with. Is it's time to get out of the ivory tower, and and first off, you need to re-dust off the, your your rust, and and remember what it feels like to recruit somebody from from the ground up, and then and then the second thing is to set a recruiting goal, and for them to actually target an IPA for them to to actually personally be part of the team building process. For the
1: CEO, you're saying the C- the CEO needs to get
2: out there and recruit people. Heck yeah, Henry Bedford, the CEO of Southwestern Consulting, is the best at that. Uh, he he gets out there and personally helps us team build. He um, identifies key people. He's attended uh, interviews. You know, I've I've personally recruited two hundred something people, and, uh, and I don't know how many of them have came from Henry, but Henry is <laughs> one of the best recruiters I know. Uh, I think of the late Spencer Hayes, who was the majority shareholder of all the Southwestern family of companies. And if you ask anybody that knows Spencer, what he was the best at, it was recruiting. He personally recruited thousands of people. Henry personally spends time recruiting right now, and the CEO needs to be recruiting. That's an IPA for them, and they attract the best talent. On top of that, they'll they'll find the tens and be able to recruit the tens. Hmm. I love it. I love it, and I think that's a wake up call for uh, you know a lot of us and
1: and and. Uh... I think that's really powerful. So, so okay, so let's talk about that for a second. So w- we're recruiting top talent and it's, uh you know, you don't just like to scale a company, you don't need, you don't just need people, you need good people. So how do you, like, what are the top things you need to do to recruit top talent? Or how do you get those people that you go, well... They they're amazing. Like, why would they come here? What how do you go about either convincing yourself or convincing them or creating the process that gets the top talent?
2: Yeah. You know, when it comes to recruiting, I think it it is pretty simple and people make it way more complicated than it needs to be. The the first thing is to identify your ideal candidate and and have clarity about who you're looking for. So I know that seems basic, but I have seen some of the worst job descriptions I've ever seen in my life that if I was a top talented person, which uh, I'd like to think that I am, never in a million years would I apply for that job. And and they're trying to recruit these people and and what it is is they outsourced it. They hired somebody to write their job description. And, and I punk out CEOs on this all the time. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you're, this is the most boring job description I've ever seen in my entire life. And, and you need to attract, you need to write the job description as if you're writing it to the next person that could replace you as a CEO. And, and so I think that that's the, the where it starts is having clarity of what does a amazing, top talented person for your organization look like, sound, sound like. And what are the, the, um, traits of the, of that person? Then the second thing is to actually have a recruiting process. Again, it's amazing how many people wing this and they just have, it, it, there's no consistency. There's no written down system to recruiting. There's no recruiting scripts and, and you have to have that. Then beyond that, the third thing, which is a little bit more of an intangible is the mindset towards recruiting, which is you need to recruit people that scare you. Uh, A lot of people, again, going back to the ego and focused on yourself and fear – you you need to let all that go and realize that the only way to scale and and really hit top levels is you got to recruit people that are better than you. You need to recruit people that that can teach you a thing or two, and 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 if you if you have the thought that you don't think somebody's recruitable, that should immediately put them on your list that you need to recruit them. You recruit the unrecruitable people. Find the people that have jobs. Find the people that that are crushing it at what they're doing and recruit them away to to what you're doing. And um and, and that's only if they're a fit and in what they're doing. There's a lot of know, caveats to that where you you want to make sure it's all aligned and and whatnot. But the people that scare you, the people that that actually are the unrecruitable quote unquote people tend to be the ones that blow it up, break records and and do unbelievable things. And a lot of times the reason we wouldn't do that is because we're afraid they'll be they'll show us up, they'll be better than us, they'll think something weird about us and we we have to move past that and, and be focused on serving and fulfilling the need of of, of what our business does. Mm-hmm. Man,
1: killing that ego is a beast. Now, you mentioned you kind of skipped over have a recruiting process. So, if someone doesn't have a recruiting process, do you happen to know of any firms that could reasonably help them create a formal recruiting process?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, our, our consulting business, that is wow. what we do the best. So... The team of, of our consultants will partner with any company, and that's what we do. We get in the trenches. We review what you're currently doing and research everything. Then we uh, consult with you and help put together ideas uh, around fixing it and taking it to the next level. Then we actually get in the trenches and create those recruiting processes together with you. And and um, then once those processes are created, we literally create recruiting training manuals and binders and, and processes for companies and then uh, we embed and we actually roll them out. We do it in a variety of different mediums. We'll come to your office and physically train your people on that. Um, And then if that seems like too big of a pill to swallow, we also have executive level coaching and manager's edge coaching, which is what uh, what I focus on with um, the coaching business. And we would be glad to hear from anybody that wanted to have a one-on-one coach that helped them, uh, do the work. And we have a module around coaching and, and helping them walk through all these things we're talking about. We, in the manager's edge curriculum, there is 28 modules that we walk through over 12 months, uh, one-on-one with business owners and, and entrepreneurs and, and individual salespeople to help them reach their goals in life.
1: Mhm. Yeah, so I, and I think that's, you know, that's powerful. It's like you 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 get a, you know, partner with someone to help you do it whether it's a coach, uh, you know, consulting, our team can help. But I think like you said, identifying the candidate, having a, a process and then a lot of it is that mindset of recruiting the unrecruitable, going after the people who scare you. Um, so now once you get them, obviously I think a part of 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 scaling the team is now that you have the person on your team, how do you lead them? Like what are the biggest keys when you're when you're sort of leading those those top people to make sure they stay, they don't leave, so that they're successful, they turn into leaders and they help you recruit the next generation? Like what do you do when you're leading the top top talent?
2: You know, it really comes back to the principle we were talking about earlier, which is you can't teach what you don't know. You can't lead where you won't go and you have to lead by example and, and getting out there physically leaving your office, getting on an airplane or in a car and spending a day with a team member is worth a thousand meetings. One day in the field is worth a thousand meetings. And so you, you cannot manage by meeting alone. You cannot manage by phone calls. You physically have to get out there and see it being done live and in person, and it will blow you away what you see. When you're on the phone and you're in a meeting and you're talking about what's working and what's not working, it sounds completely different than when you see them actually making it happen in the field. You see the live demonstration. You hear the objection. You hear it happening in a good way or in a bad way. And um, I'll tell you what, it gives you a massive amount of ammunition to come back and work on improving your training and recruiting systems when you see real time what's happening. And so I think that's the first thing is is you have to lead by example. You, You have to be out in the field getting real time recon on what's happening and not sitting behind your desk and looking at reports and, and managing through exception and, and having extra layers of, of management telling you what's going on. You know, uh, again, this goes back to executive level coaching. This is a lot of what we do is challenging these CEOs. That's been years, literally years where they have not physically gone on a sales call and heard what their clients are saying to their frontline salespeople. And it puts them out of their comfort zone, and we hold them accountable to doing it. And it's a hundred percent when they come back from that assignment, it changes their perspective, and they have they, they have a renewed vigor and excitement, and and they know exactly how to lead the the company from there. So that's number one. And then the second one is to focus on activity, not results. There are so many leaders that have their company create the wrong type of culture. And and they put too much pressure on their people. People quit. They have high turnover. And they might report to a board of directors. They might have some kind of pressure on them as a leader. And, and, it, and I, what I appreciate about Southwestern is we have a culture of you set your own goal here. Nobody tells you what to do. But once you decide that you want to commit to something, then we put a plan together. And as long as your leader follows through and does what they say they're going to do, and you follow through and do what you say you're going to do, then that's all that matters. And it's not about a result. It's about follow through. It's about doing what you say you're going to do. And it's about the activity. And when, you, when you're when you scaling, when you're building a team... And, and you're thinking about leadership. If, you know, that's what leaders do. Leaders do what they say they're going to do and they hold other people accountable to doing what they say they're going to do. And, and, and around that, they focus on the activity and they take the pressure off of, of the results. And is it important to have result goals? Sure. Everybody has that. But I think that most people miss the mark on really focusing on activity and controllable factors versus the uncontrollable factors such as results. And then the third, the third thing, and, and the last thing on on that point is how to lead is to always be focused on leading your leaders, and this is uh, a key. You you can't do any of these things we're talking about when it comes to to really achieving scale and having layers of leadership unless people are leading leaders, and that is a challenge because usually leaders. They it, they are the stem winders. They're the top talented people. They're the top producers, and really dissecting how to strategically lead people and meet them where they're at. Uh, navigate has a lot to do with that, and really thinking of the the behavior styles of the people that are on your team, and then st- strategically walking through the person on your team and and what their goals are and their vision and helping develop them into the next generation of a leader. And again, this is where we see people don't have a game plan on how to do this, and there's one layer of leaders, and then it's hard to get layer two, layer three, layer four, layer five of leaders where it's, it's all being duplicated. So focusing on leading, uh, leaders and, and, and planning that as part of the culture is, uh, is part of the game. Powerful, powerful stuff there. Um, and
1: you know, this is, if you, it's amazing. And if you saw some of the people that Dustin works with on a daily basis, it's the highest of high-powered people you, you, I mean, you can ever find. And um, it's really amazing. So Dustin, if people want to connect with you, they want to learn more, you got a brand uh, new website that just came out. Uh, what's the what's the address for people to find it?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Rory. Uh, it is com. So uh, my name Dustin. My last name H-I-L-L-I-S-S-W-C as in southwesternconsulting.com. dot com. Um, I love it, man. Well, if anybody's out there listening, and let's
1: say that they've been trying to recruit and they've been trying to scale team and they've been struggling um, and they haven't been able to turn the corner, but they you know they want to. What's what? what would you tell that person or what what action item would you give them or what encouragement if, if they've been trying to recruit, they're trying to lead, but they haven't had much success yet?
2: I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this is that at some point there is an element of faith. And for me personally, the game changer was rededicating my life to Christ when I was 22 years old. And really in the last five years, having a deeper understanding of what it means to, to submit and, and you can't focus on yourself. So going back to that ego thing, I think that really, for me personally, that's what it means to, to be uh, living in faith and, and, uh, you know, a follower of Christ for, for me personally, and that, that might not be for everybody that's listening to the show and that's okay. Um, but having something that you're rooted in, that's not yourself, uh, you have to, if, if you're, if you're trying to solve this by yourself, you know, um, it, it it's the fuel it, it's like when you need to do things that haven't been done and you're trying to, you know, achieve something that nobody's ever achieved before, how in the world can you try to put that on your back? And so, You know the the higher power and and uh, God and and uh, for me, you know, having having that faith of of knowing this isn't about me that I'm serving a mission that I feel I'm called to do. Um, It's hard to do a lot of these things when when you you don't have faith, but when you have faith, it's the X factor. It's crazy. Your life completely changed. You 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 have new set of of eyes. You hear things differently. You see things differently. Um, the, everything slows down or speeds up, uh, whatever you need it to be. And I think God provides you what you need when you know how to, to actually communicate with them. And so I I know that, that, that might be difficult for some people to hear, or it might be exactly what people need to hear right now. But I mean, it, it, I would say that if somebody's stuck and complacent and they don't have, I mean, it's the three things it's faith, hope, and love. And without those three things, it's hard to, to live life without faith, hope and love, really, you, you, you have to get, stop focusing on what people think about you. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop uh, worrying and letting anxiety rule your life. Stop living in shame and guilt and, and break free of that. And when all that's left and all you're thinking about is faith, hope and love and serving, man, it's fun. And, and, and people are attracted to that. And, and crazy. It blows your mind. It'll exceed your expectations. You'll redefine what's possible.
1: I love it, brother. Well, thank you for your leadership. I'm honored to be in business with you. I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. Uh, you're amazing and you're a great leader and, uh, you know, seeing your ego die, uh, has, has hopefully helped uh, me extinguish a little bit of mine over the years. And, uh, yeah, I'm eternally grateful and, uh, man, I just love you. So thank you for, for, for sharing with us. Thanks for having me. You've heard me say it several times as I'm interviewing guests that we love practitioners it's one of our our core values it's on our creed that we want to be practitioners of everything that we preach and that we are practitioners first and and coaches consultants speakers second at southwestern consulting and hopefully when you when you hear dustin you hear that in his voice not only that he's teaching it to clients and promoting that to the world but that he's living it himself that he is uh, on the ground floor, in the dirt, doing what he's asking other people to do, uh, having faith and 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 doing the work it takes to sort of lead side-by-side, um, shoulder-to-shoulder with other leaders and with other team members. And that is what leadership is all about. And by the way, if you want to um, say hi to Dustin, you can connect with him on uh, Twitter. His Twitter handle is at dhillis, at dhillis. And Uh, You you know, you just get this sense because this is what we see all day. And I I love what he was talking about, that you cannot just delegate leadership and just outsource leadership. Delegation is good. You can delegate tasks. You can delegate uh, projects, but you can't delegate building people and working with people and leading people. And I think that it's really, really important to sort of understand the difference between inviting people's help to complete projects and tasks versus delegating the leadership of people to other people. As a leader, that's what you're doing. It's you're making sure to recruit and build and train and motivate and inspire and serve and support the people that are in your care. And when you talk about building it, obviously Dustin's whole perspective on the world is is driven by what we do at Southwestern Consulting, which is you know we're recruiting, training, motivating salespeople, and that's primarily the world that we live in and it's it's just that's our our natural state of things but even if you're not in sales or you're not a sales manager or you're leading an organization that doesn't have a sales team i think these principles of leadership are universal they apply and i guess there's three three kind of characteristics or traits that as i went back through i was sort of listening to what dustin said is I was just trying to boil down and go. All right, let me let me see if I can if I can you know grasp these and grasp these and package them in a way that really become sort of uh, universal and uh, apply to, to to all of us to everybody whether you're a leader or not, whether you're in sales or not, whether you are even doing a, any type of job where you're directly recruiting or not. Um, and and I think these three themes are really universal. And the first one is activity activity, activity, activity. You have to be willing to do the work. You have to be energized about putting in the effort. You have to embrace the idea of being willing to pay the price. That's why we end every single show here with success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. Why? Because that's true. There isn't a finish line. You're always working. You're always growing. You're always building. And too often, what leaders do is they they work so hard to get to a place of leadership, and then they just stop working. and they're they're completely missing out on one the idea of of what leadership is, and two, how they're going to become successful as a leader, because leadership is not about working so hard to get to a place to where you don't have to work anymore. It's it's the opposite. It's once you become a leader, now you're working for other people. You're working to serve them. You're working to remove barriers from their life. You're working to empower them, to inspire them, to coach them, to teach them, to train them. And and your activity goes even up and it means getting in the field and not being afraid to, you know, do do direct selling or do direct recruiting or or get in the middle of an operational problem and solve it. It's it's not just sitting up in an ivory tower. And I think activity is something that you have to embrace. It's this I'm I'm never above doing the work. I I am never too good to do the work. That is that and unfortunately that is what a lot of leaders do. Now if you're not a leader per se, let's uh, in other words let's say you're not managing people, activity also still applies because what you want to do and this is just a, just a principle of activity and a part of the legacy history at Southwestern is you want to put your self-esteem in activity. Doesn't matter what your dream is. Doesn't matter what your goal is. Do the work. Focus on the controllables. Don't worry so much about the results. The results may or may not show up. The results may or may not show up, but you can't control most of the results. What you can control is the work. And I can share personally in my life, every time that I have done the work and it has not, the results didn't show up the way that I wanted. There's a couple good examples of this. One was the world championship of public speaking. There was another one when I was in college, when I worked at Southwestern Advantage, our sister company, and they had this award called the student excellence award. And I worked so hard. I did everything I could. And my goal was to win the award. I didn't win the award. I was one of the finalists and I lost there also. And uh, similar to the world championship. And then in that case, um, two years later, I ended up winning that award because it wasn't about the award. It was about the work. It can't be about the results. It's got to just be about the work. Yes, you want to push for results. Yes, for you strive for results, but focus on the activity get your self-esteem detached from whether or not you're selling, from whether or not you're producing, from whether or not you're recognized, from whether or not how many followers you have on social media, or whether or not people are reading your blog or listening to your podcast, right? Like even this podcast is a good example. We We podcasted every week for like two years before we ever got more than a couple thousand downloads. And it's, but you can focus on the work and most people can't do it or they can't do it for very long. So activity is key. The second thing, and, and Dustin touched on this as well, and I think this applies also, is once you have activity, they're doing the work, you also have to have integrity. Integrity. And we don't hear enough about integrity. We drastically underestimate the significance of our Integrity. And, and when you're a leader, man, integrity is like the only thing that matters. And integrity is, is the congruence of your words and actions. It's doing what you know you should be doing. It's also not doing what you know you shouldn't be doing. Now, integrity doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but it does mean that you have to correct your mistakes with honor. It means that you have to do the right thing, regardless of the consequences. It means you have to to do what is right, especially when no one is looking. And if you mess up, you correct it, you fix it, you change. That is what the word repentance, by the way, means. Repentance is a biblical word, but what it means is to turn the opposite direction. And you don't have to be perfect to be a person of integrity, but you have to correct, you have to alter, you have to adjust. And you know you you want to allow your guidepost to be what is right and wrong, what is what is what serves other people, what is in the best interest of everyone and not just yourself. And if you struggle with that, and some people do, right? This is, and i I can empathize with this a little bit as people go, well, how do you really define what is right and wrong? And, you know, there's different places you can look to for guidance on that. For For me, you know, the scripture and Bible is a good source, although I don't view the Bible as a rule book whatsoever. I view it as an instruction manual for how we were created and how to live our life in a way that, you know, things work out well for us. But, um, you know, there's other moral codes that you can follow. But But here's just a simple test, a little simple integrity test that you can do is, is just ask yourself this question because it puts you 100% in the driver's seat. If the whole world could see what you are doing, could hear what you are saying, and could know what you are thinking, would you be proud of it? That's it. If the whole world could see what you were doing, could hear what you were saying, could know what you are thinking, w- saw the decisions that you are making, would you be proud of it? because they're not always going to see, sometimes they will, right? And sometimes there's a big integrity breaches that come out in the public because something does get exposed. But, but let's pretend always that people could see the decision. It's not that everybody needs to know everything. There, there's a reason and a realm for confidentiality. But in those moments where you are alone, in those moments when you only think it, but don't speak it, in those situations where you 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 don't say it, and you, and you don't. But you think it, and and you don't think other people would 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 hear it. If 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 there were decisions that you were making because you did have confidential information, and you can't tell people what those decisions are because they're not going to understand the whole story. But if they did understand the whole story, if they had all the information that you had, and and then that was splashed across the front of every media outlet in the world, would you be proud? would you be okay? Would you you be able to confidently say, you know what? That is the call that I made. That is the decision that I made. That is the action that I took because I did my best to to determine what I thought the right thing was. And, And People often think of integrity as hard. They think of it as restricting. They think of it as a sacrifice. They are badly, badly mistaken. Integrity is freedom. Integrity is freedom from regrets. It's freedom from secrets. It's freedom from your past because it means that you're living a life that stands up to the scrutiny of transparency. There is nothing to hide. You are free and that you can... You, you, you can lead people because you're not holding on to any baggage. And it doesn't mean that you have to tell everybody every single thing that's happened in your life. At some point, maybe you do. You know, it, it, it all just depends. But it's about living free from guilt and shame that you're going to be exposed because you're living with integrity. And people are attracted to that. People are led by that. People are, are magnetized by that because it's so rare and it's not something that anyone else can do for you it's something that you just a way you have to sort of live your life in the quiet but when you do that you start to scale you start to multiply you you start to to exponentially influence you start to impact there's just something about living with integrity that people are drawn to and and that is a part of how you you scale and build a team and then the third thing and this is the last thing here but I wanted to highlight, you know, something that Dustin said and he said it starts with this is humility. So it's activity, it's integrity, and it is humility. And this is a roadblock that as a leader you have to get yourself past. When you become a leader, it's about breaking free of that. It's about focusing on serving others, it's about looking after the people in your care, it's about it's about putting their concerns and their needs, you know, above your own and, and working to serve them and orchestrate things in a way that is for their best interest. And that means dying. Their ego has to die. The ego has to be killed off for a leader to reach their ultimate potential. And so these are simple things, but they are powerful things. Activity, integrity, Humility do these things in your life. Do them every day. And you will scale a team. You will attract influence. You will become a great leader. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log into whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show. And both rate this podcast and leave a comment, as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.